November 9th, 2021, and this show is a little unusual. It's the recording of an interview I did with a reporter named Drew Johnson. Drew Johnson writes for The Forecaster, and I spoke with him by phone. It's going very well. How are you? I'm doing good. Sorry about that. Yeah, it just went right to voicemail that first time, so I figured I'd have you try and call me instead. Uh, so this is Drew Johnson? Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes, this is Drew Johnson from The Forecaster. Um, Drew, I'm going to record our interview. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, definitely. Do you mind if I record it as well? No, no, please do. That way we both know exactly what we said and we don't have to write it down. All right. Awesome. Uh, Here we go. This call is being recorded. Awesome. Uh, ready whenever you are. I don't know oh. if you started recording or not. No, I'm, I'm ready. Thank you. All right. Um, can you just state your name for the record and how you spell it? Yes, my name is Cynthia Dill, C-Y-N-T-H-I-A-D-I-L-L. Awesome. Uh, and you're a Cape Elizabeth resident, I would presume. Uh, how long have you lived in Cape Elizabeth? I have lived in Cape Elizabeth since 2003. Awesome. Um, and what was your role in writing the petition and gaining signatures? Uh, Tim Reitinger said you were kind of high up in that, maybe heading it up, actually. I did head it up, actually. I uh, drafted the petition and um, enlisted a group of about 25 volunteers to circulate it and then uh, managed to um, accept and notarize many of the original petitions and deliver them to the town clerk. So I was very instrumental from day one in the petition drive. Awesome. Um, And there's obviously been pushback against the Dunham Court project for some time, but when did it get to the point of, you know, let's write up a petition and uh, potentially force this to a referendum? Was that after the council's vote or were they already kind of thinking, well, if they pass this ahead of time, you know, Uh, maybe we should think about doing this. Oh, yeah, we saw the writing on the wall. I mean, when I first learned of the Dunham Court gigantic housing project that is literally like a a stone's throw across the street from my multi-use building, um, it was when the developer contacted me and had gotten my uh, contact information directly from the town advertising this. And um, I initially tried to convince the town council through advocacy that approving these housing amendments were a grave mistake. And I uh, attempted to convince the planning board and did everything. I attempted to argue that the zoning should be changed to allow for more affordable housing. All of my arguments uh, were I, were not enough to convince the majority of counselors who signaled at every step that they were going to just plow this thing right through. So prior to the anticipated vote on October 13th, I organized the petition. I mean, others were talking about a similar effort. I mean, I'm not, I can't take credit for the idea. It's just that I began organizing it and contacted others who were interested in the concept and um, and then took it from there. It's, you know, the, the petition is in the charter as a response by citizens to test the power of their elected officials. I mean, that's what it's there for. And so I think this was a perfect example of when 
Article 8 of the town charter really is useful because um, now the citizens will have a chance to weigh in on a very, very important issue that will forever uh, really um, signal what the future of our of our beautiful town will be. Definitely. And uh, how many uh, signatures did it get? I think the last thing I saw was 1,165, I think. I'm trying to find it right now. No, the um, the total amount of signatures that we handed in was 1,197. And the total amount, okay. yeah, and of that amount, 1,155 were certified as registered voters. And what we needed... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and what we needed was... Um, 10% of the registered voters, which is about 8,065. Um, 8, 8, so we needed about 869 signatures, and we got certified 1,155. So there was a substantial cushion. Yeah, definitely. Definitely exceeded that uh, that goal. That's awesome. Um, and so you, you kind of touched upon it, but why do you think, you know, the Dunham Court project isn't right for Cape Elizabeth? It seems like the, the town center location and then just kind of the form of it, like, you know, having that many units being a big apartment building right in town center. Well, there's there's so many reasons, but I would summarize by saying it's it's completely inconsistent with a well thought out and recently researched comprehensive plan. It's also con inconsistent. It's inconsistent with the plan. It's inconsistent with our community values. And um, it's, you know, it's just not workforce housing. It's nothing that we want or need and should not be um, in the middle of, of, of the town center. It's just, um, it's, it's a complete aberration and at the expense of taxpayers and will you know, line the pocket of a private developer. I mean, this this is a formula to maximize profits for a for-profit private developer. It's not at all uh, it, it even t attempting to meet the needs of Cape Elizabeth's housing situation. I mean, we have a unique economy. It's been thoroughly researched. The, the Dunham Court project would purposely exclude almost the entire workforce of Cape Elizabeth because it's it's restricted to such low income. And so everybody who works for the town, which is our biggest employer, would be ineligible. So the taxpayers are being asked to pay $13 million for a project that's only going to be worth 4 or $5 million, that's not going to pay taxes, that's not going to house our workforce, it's going to make $1 million you know, for, for the developer and be this ugly eyesore, pave our skating rink, and use our town green as its front lawn. I mean, it's just, it's just a completely bad idea. I, I, I see no merit in it whatsoever. And are you kind of open to other forms of affordable housing? I, I've seen ideas oh, like absolutely. rent options absolutely. or multi-unit homes. See, that's the thing is that, you know, there's a lot of really good ideas and, and there's a lot of really good options. And as a town like Cape Elizabeth, we have the resources, we have the land, we have the goodwill and every and 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 the desire to have affordable housing but affordable housing in our view at least the, my view personally is housing that provides an opportunity for families to thrive in neighborhoods in Cape Elizabeth and in one bedroom apartments for extremely low income people uh, in the middle of town where there are no services okay if, if there's no services in Cape Elizabeth. There's no jobs. There's no um, health care. Um, there's no post office. There's no bank. Um, there's, there may be some health care, but not that accepts 
main care. So it's it's just not um, the affordable housing that is described in the comprehensive plan is uh, is about creating homes in neighborhoods on infill lots. It's about creating opportunities to get into the housing market because of the belief that you know owning a home or or having an investment in the Cape Elizabeth real estate market is is far superior than being in some low-income tenement, uh, you know, where the income eligibility is is so low that you can't work, you you know, a teacher can't live there. I mean, that's just, why? Why would we, why would we want that in the middle of our town? It it makes makes no sense. So, so yes, everybody's for, for affordable housing. And what really is irritating to me is that these these terms like affordable housing it's like uh it sounds of course we want affordable housing it's like apple pie and motherhood and and affordable housing is defined in our charter as well or our ordinances as well as the main housing authority statutes as a combination of low income and moderate income this is low income housing and so it's it you know it it's being masked as this affordable housing and it's not it's very low income housing and and the problem is is by having such low income restrictions in a town like Cape Elizabeth where the median income is $123,000 then you exclude people who who can't afford to live in town and that's the problem we're trying to solve is we have these great teachers we've these great firefighters police officers they can't live in town and this won't solve their problem Awesome. Uh, that, that answers all my questions. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to include that I, that I didn't touch upon? Well, I mean, I guess um, I hope that the referendum uh, is going to be sooner rather than later, and just uh, that uh, democracy will play out, and I hope that Cape Elizabeth will be a shining beacon of how communities can fight back against corporate welfare dressed up as moral causes, sucking, you know, taxpayer money dry, the magical thinking associated with TIFs and all this public subsidy going to private developers, that that somehow it's free. I mean, people need to understand fully what's going on here, and what's going on here is a continuation of very rich people getting richer, not paying taxes, middle-class families footing the bill, and poor people not getting the opportunities to get into the housing market that that would really improve their economic security for the long term. Well, awesome. Thank you very much. And oh, actually, one more thing. Is, are there, is there anyone else that you would suggest I, I speak to for stories like this? We like to have multiple sources. So I didn't know if there was anyone else involved sure. in the uh, petition drive that might be good to talk to. Well, the person I worked with uh, closely was Stephanie Anderson, because in, in part because she's a former prosecutor and I'm a lawyer and I knew she would be helpful in dealing with the, you know, just keeping the process trustworthy and consistent with legal norms. But she's also a Republican, and I'm a former Democrat, and so um, she might be someone to speak with. Um, I know you know Tim Reiniger, the candidate um, who, new candidate, who won by five votes in large part because, yeah. of, his, because of his opposition to Dunham Court. Um, Polly Wilcox spoke last night at the town council meeting. Uh, Tim Thompson is a local businessman who is the former chair, I believe, of the Comprehensive Plan. He would be an excellent person to speak with. That's who I strongly recommend is Tim Thompson. 
Awesome. Uh, if you happen to have contact info for any of them, I have, I have Tim Reininger's, but the, the, uh, the rest of them, if you could like email me, maybe phone numbers or email addresses, if you have them, that would be great. So I can reach out. I'd be happy to do that. All right. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. Take care. All right. Take care. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye.